And welcome to another episode of Living Vegan. computer. And yes, now we are recording. We are ready. Boy, my skin is looking pretty. Yes. <laughs> yes, Living Vegan Edition Effect. Yeah, look at, look at 59. I'll be 59. Look at you, 55. That's what we're going to call you. 59 next month. 55. 59. <laughs> 59. All right. Yes. Yes. Got some good skin regimen going right now. Yes. I'm excited to try. So, welcome you all to Living Veganish. Yes. 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 I am Madison Chase and my beautiful sister from another mister, my queen and friend. How are you doing? I'm good, Paula Bryant Ellis. I am uh, fantastic, um, you know, getting my vision clear in this 2020 season. Right, right, right. And making the most of, you know, this virtual reality that we have all been forced to uh, reevaluate in. That's a good one, reevaluate. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. So what are some lessons you've learned in 2020, Paula? I think the biggest thing for me for 2020 um, is I, I saw our country, our government as an epic fail across all systems. And <clears throat> because, you know, we've always been thought of not just as a world leader, but the world leader. And when we had a chance to prove that, we failed at every level. Um, I, I really feel like our three branch system failed our people. Um, and that to me was disheartening because you can't, there's no perfect timing for a pandemic, you know, there's no perfect timing for a plague. Um, but what should have been different was how our government protected us and reacted. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing that was most disappointing to me is you saw failure at every level mm -hmm. at the, at the executive level, our president, you saw failure at the uh, legislative level, our Congress, and you saw, well, the Supreme Court doesn't even, you know, weigh in. They just watch it all fall apart. Right. So, um, to me, that was the most um, frustrating thing to see is that when our people, our country, when the people needed the leadership the most, the leadership was not there. And so what that says to me is we are no longer we're a world leader by default to me. We're a world leader because of our size, um, but we're not a world leader because of the way we took care of our people, how progressive we were, how aggressive we were. We are a leader by default just because of scale and economics, but we didn't have uh, world leaders at the table thinking about the people. They were all thinking about their jobs and the politics, why people were losing their jobs and losing their lives. They were thinking about how they were going to get reelected. And that was at every level. That was at the federal level, the state level, the city level, the county level. 
And that part to me is just really, really sad when we should have been set apart and thinking about uh, how aggressive we can be. We were bickering and fighting like two year, two year olds in a playground. So, um, and I, I gave this analogy earlier in that I've been watching the crown. I just binged all four seasons of the crown and I've never understood the monarchy so if you're from England, do not call me, do not text me. I don't want your opinion. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it was outdated, right? There was, one, there was a point in time where the monarchy was the government. Mm -hmm. And it, it's hard for me to reconcile in my mind why you need a prime minister and a president, because a, a, a prime minister and the queen, because the, the prime minister is essentially the president, right, in that motto. And so, especially because the queen never weighs in on anything. So I don't understand why the taxpayers have to pay billions of dollars in all these countries for this monarchy to live this lavish lifestyle while people are struggling. That part I'll never be able to reconcile. And so I think in my mind, I see that structure is outdated and I see our structure as the same. Our structure failed miserably when, you know, if we can't go bomb somebody else's country, you know, we're good at doing that. But when it came to taking care of home, we failed. Yeah. We failed <laughs> miserably. And uh, I think in, in that failure, it makes me think of one of my favorite songs, um, Masquerade by George Benson. And it, it said, the first couple of lines are, are we really happy here with this lonely game we play? Uh, we're lost in a masquerade and the I think part of where all of this greed and and uh, just selfishness you know because like how much money can you have right and right. if you're not doing it for yourself right and if you're not really doing it for anyone else and it's not really about your family because at some point if your family has all the money that they need, then it's really very lonely. It's insecurities. And then it also makes me think about the scripture that says you um, are so concerned with the, the speck of dust in your neighbor's eye, but you're forgetting to look at that, that plank in your eye. And I think you said it earlier. <laughs> We're the plank people. The plank people, you know, like we are so concerned with, everybody else and you know if we look at kind of like you talked about the foundation of this country and how we even celebrate christopher columbus and you know how can you discover something that was already there right and how can you not acknowledge a people that literally have been you know raped and pillaged you know you did it to the native americans first with pocahontas you know marrying john smith when she was 11. Uh, and then you do it to African-Americans, you know, and, and essentially, you know, what, what we're seeing now with, you know, the hashtags that are happening. And I love when people try to call it brutality. And I'm like, no, it's not brutality when you're assassinating people. Like, that's yeah. not brutality. That's, that's something else. That's an execution. Um, but that's a whole, whole other topic of discussion. Um, becomes when you can't <clears throat> this is a worldwide plague not a virus but a plague and it's 
in every corner of every of, of this globe. And so if you as a country, you know, 8 billion people around, around the world, 300 plus, I think we might be 350 or more now, million in 100 million in this country. Um, and if you can't find unity and one accord and one heart and one mind yeah. come together in the midst of a plague and save people who are innocently dying, we're never going to come together on racism and social justice. It's just never going to happen because um, COVID knew, it, it doesn't know any age. It doesn't know any social economic impact. It doesn't care what neighborhood you live in. You could live in Beverly Hills or you could live in Watts. Um, it doesn't care whether you're black, white, green, blue, short, tall, beautiful. It doesn't care whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, an actor, a grandma, a, or a grocery store clerk. It doesn't care. And so if this country could not come together and be united on that one thing, to be respectful to your neighbor who this thing is an equal opportunity killer, yeah. then we can never come together on something as um, painful and hurtful and so interwoven into this fabric as, as uh, racism and, and, and social justice. So, you know, that's the thing for me. That was really the, that was really what I saw. I, you know, I, yes, the, the number of people that were sick and dying, you know, is, is heartbreaking. But what I saw was just uh, an epic fail at the highest level that governs us, that's supposed to protect us, that's supposed to lead us. Um, and, you know, we hear about these forefathers. Well, the forefathers weren't alive during a COVID plague. <laughs> and actually, yeah, they weren't alive and neither were, we were considered property in our people. Um, so I don't care. I don't care. What uh, you know, this is so crazy. Like we're talking about a system which had a time and a place, but yet now the system, you know, uh, is broken and there is, there's no discussion about how broken it really is and how it is, how it discriminates and still discriminates and has always discriminate. discriminate. Yeah. Right. And so just even, you know, our struggle to be able to acknowledge that. And if, again, if we can't come together on something um, uh, like a plague that's killing everybody, right. It didn't matter who you wore. You could, um, you got sick, you, you were hospitalized. You had to go through all the same processes that someone else did. Um, and it didn't matter how much money you had. It didn't matter what medical insurance you had. It just, right? And so if we can't come together on this, then how in the world could you even begin to have a robust, um, informed, passionate, um, and open-hearted uh, discussion about what people have endured um, as it relates to racism in this country and then think that you can move forward when the very fabric of this country was built on murder and stealing and killing um and dehumanization um uh, raping like this it's it, the blood is in the soil the torture yeah and i also think too the difference between the how this country was founded and now is 
social media, right? And you look at the foundation of that and see that at the core of it, it's not like now everything is kind of moving to like this AI world of artificial intelligence. And so if we look at the core of what that really means, it takes people out of the equation. Yeah. And it's it like people were not considered at the at the foundation of you know this country and so not all people certain people and so we don't get to that that the way it was founded i think there is there are people who are willing to make changes right if you look at the people of puerto rico when they got upset because they found that there was corruption in their government they were like nope we're not standing for it. We're not doing it. Nope. You're going to get out of this office. And they literally came together. And I think the thing that is preventing us from doing that is that we don't really know what we're fighting in terms of like standing together as one. So I feel like that's part of social media is such an insidious thing that sometimes we don't know what to believe. Well, you is social media is almost becoming the new form of government. <laughs> yeah, it is. I just saw something on uh, TikTok this morning. Yeah, yeah. Alexa to open up her third eye and then she asked a question and the, the answer was like, whoa, Alexa. Like Alexa is telling you that she's been programmed with certain things. I'm just like, that's if nobody's listening to that and i think that video got up to like 2.2 million views and like mm -hmm. that's really interesting so to your point plank people and plank people is not just government because sometimes that's us too right because if you start like you said with the man in the mirror which is your favorite song michael jackson uh that makes you think about that song if you start with one person yourself and then you make sure that your family also is doing the same thing. Like if one, each person made sure that they were like, okay, let me check myself. Right. Let me check that plank in my eye. Right. And then let me make sure that my family is doing the same. And sometimes that's a hard conversation too. One, to have with yourself, because you got to be real honest with yourself. You have to be, but we're voting in the office plank people. All the time. Right. <laughs> plank people and so and and i worked for an elected official and um for years and it's interesting in that um everything is about getting reelected. yep every move they make is about getting reelected, yeah. and it's about um protecting their job that's their livelihood you know, and this is, this takes us way off course, but you know, I'm, there should be term limits for everybody. I agree. But I also think there should be an oversight. Like there should be no agency that doesn't have a group of people who it serves yeah. to have a checks and balance system. Right. Like your organization, you have your shareholders yeah. that you have to report to, but essentially certain agencies don't work like that. There's no oversight for them to make sure that if someone is not doing what they're supposed to do. Well, a lot of the structure is the fox is in the hen house. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, you know, we could go on about this dysfunctional structure that we we are um, part of not because we were part of creating it and our voices were part of it. It was because we were engrafted into the practices of the government that, um, you know, um, stole our ancestors, raped and pillaged and murdered. That's, that's why I'm high yellow. <laughs> My mom would say high yellow. Um, right. And then it wasn't that we were part of the discussion. We were, um, we were just engrafted into the discussion by default. And so it's not, it's never been a fair government. It's never been a problem that was representative of all people because when the forefathers created the structure, half of the people that were here didn't even, weren't part of this country, right? So it couldn't have incorporated the diversity and the beauty that exists today in this country. And so in, and, but yet that's the thing that this country tries to ignore all the time. And so, yeah, I mean, we could totally get off course with this thing. I know. <laughs> I think too. I think, Go ahead, Paul. I was going to say, I think that 2020 is one of those years. I mean, but that's what it's about, right? 2020 is about having clarity on the things that are good or bad or different and, and being able to bring them to the table um, for, forward and talk about them yeah. and uh, being able to be honest about it. And there's a lot of um, things that we have band-aid together and taped together and super glued together for this country, for this government, for people, and tried to tiptoe around it. And it, it just doesn't work anymore. And that's why we've seen the explosion that we've seen in the marches and uh, this year and, and the, all the dysfunction that we saw with everything that was happening around this pandemic. And, you know, once again, we are leader, we, we are in the world stage by default because of scale, but it's not because we were uh, progressive and aggressively looking at our people and taking care of them. That, that really isn't how, that's not why we're in the leadership. That's not why we are world leaders anymore. Yeah, yeah that is definitely. And I think not only are we not world leaders, I don't know that we've ever been. I feel like it's been like a masquerade of, of sorts. And so for me, I think that's literally why I was considering moving to either Canada, Germany, or Australia and figuring out what that looks like for me and my family. Uh, but, you know, no country is without its problems. I feel like a lot of a lot of black americans haven't considered what that might look like just like when you come to this country some of the things you know if you're not from this country and you, you're, you're an immigrant um you get certain things afforded to you you know, you know whether that's health care whether that is you know affordable housing or housing that's cleaner and better and safer than where you came from uh, but I don't think, you know, as a uh, Black American that we explore what those options are for us around the world. And then what does that look like? You know, if you look at somebody like James Baldwin, who was a, a social activist, you know, before there was even a term. And, you know, someone that was, you know, writing about the injustices that are very similar to what we're experiencing, but he went to France. 
Well, you know what's so interesting about us traveling as Black Americans, because my husband and I have been traveling internationally a lot the last five years. Mm -hmm. the, the realization hit me, um, I don't remember where we were. Maybe it was when we were, I don't know. We've been um, <laughs> all over the place. But the realization hit me that we are the only Black American is a race of, or, I'm sorry, Black American is a national, I don't even want to say nationality, but it is a group of people that exists nowhere else but in yeah. America. Yeah. Don't really think about it in that way until you're out of the country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're traveling and then you realize you run into a lot of people that you think look like you yeah 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 speak a different language and then also even though they may be um in uh paris or london or wherever you you know whatever country you're in they are still connected to their african roots we know nothing about that side of our family. It's like, I don't know as much about my dad's family as I do my mom's family, right? And, and that's what happens. Like we don't, we as black Americans don't know any, we have very limited experience as to what that side of our families look like and that impact. And so when we go to other countries, we realize, oh, wow, we, we're just a whole group of people that only exist in North America. It's really like this moment that you have of, wow. And then it made me, it made us realize how disconnected we were. And we were, especially when we got to Africa and started traveling in Africa, we were so hungry to find out about just Africans and, and where, what part of, what, we don't even know what part of Africa we could be from. Are we from, you know, are you West or Central or are you uh, South? You just have no idea to, to, to have such a big part of who you are missing yeah. something to you, right? And so I think that's like so important, but I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know what, I would love to leave this country and travel somewhere else and go live somewhere else. And you're right. No matter on my list too, you know, Africa is one of my list too, but I'm like, let me establish myself, you know, first and figure out what my money looks like, you know, somewhere else that I know is like Canada. Um, but and then moving forward. But even that is interesting too, because if you think about, you know, just the mapping system, like I just recently learned that that the scaling and kind of like the 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 masquerade of America being this great, you know, uh, like you said, world power or the world power. Yeah. Um, Jane, uh, Jane Elliott, the lady who is, you know, kind of like the center of just doing experiments with, you know, you know, just how racism and uh, socioeconomic, um, just the, the annihilation of just the truth right and so she looked at the the map of the country and she said that if you look at the way africa is scaled it looks like africa is about the same size as the united states and she was like there's no way she was like it's literally you could put i don't know if it's eight 
United States inside of the continent of Africa. Like that's how big it is, but they've scaled it down so that it looks like, oh, this is equivalent, right? So uh, oh, I get what you're saying. You're talking about the scales on the map of how the scales on the map. So just like kind of that insidious like planning and just the masquerade of things that are so not true. Um and I almost too, I think I equate us not wanting to know our history as something like, like I had a friend, you know, that was taking my classes and, you know, he just had like the, the man belly. And so there was really no urgency for him to like get his life together in terms of eating better and not eating hamburgers and French fries because it really wasn't affecting him. It's not like, you know, he had high blood pressure. It's not like he was feeling bad. And so I think for us as, you know, native black Americans or descendants of, you know, African slaves that we, there's not really a cause or effect. Like there's nothing that like, you know, yes, we want to know. And I know that was really popular a while back for us to like, look at our DNA, but I think to your point, Paula, it's it's so important, you know, one, to travel to Africa and, and really try to figure that out. Because I think, you know, it's just important for us to know our real history. Our real history and connect with it and uh, embrace it. But, and and realizing that, um, yeah, just it, it, it does something to you when you see it. It really does. And I, I had heard people say it for years that, you know, we travel to Africa and, and then when I was there, I was like, oh, my God, like, I get it. Like, oh, my God, <laughs> I get it. Um, and it was beautiful. We went to Ghana, and I, we met a lady that literally was the spitting image of my husband's grandmother. Wow. And was like, you, you got some Haitian in you, brother. I was like, oh, my God, like, this is like, we're talking to your grand. We were all just staring, like. I think you told me that. Like, that's so cool. Like, I feel the same way about uh, a lot of uh, Ethiopians tell me and my mom we look Ethiopian. They're, like, talking to us about, you know, like, speaking their language. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, that's a, that's a good enough DNA test for me. <laughs> uh, me and my mom. So I'd be curious to see because I haven't done my DNA, but I'm definitely going to do that through uh, AfricanAncestry.com. Uh, that's going to be on there. I thought I was talking to my husband's, uh, his grandmother's twin, and I'm not kidding. So you can be sure. Yeah, your son knows for sure that he is passionate. <laughs> yeah. I love it. You said Asian or Ghanaian? Uh, uh, I'd say a Haitian. What is it? Ghanaian? 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 Yeah. You were in Ghana, right? You said? We were in Ghana. Okay. Yeah. Ghanaian. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. I yeah. love it. It also goes to show you too, just how family is so important. Um, and being able to like see and know like, wow, I'm sure you felt like in that, your whole family felt like a part of us is from Ghana. Like no DNA test had to tell you that. No, no, none. They had to tell you that. Like literally it is, we see exactly. So I love it when every time I travel and I'm in the airport or something, I see, I've even had Persian 
a Persian man asked me if I was Ethiopian. I was like, what? E-T- oh, Ethiopian. I was like, no. <laughs> I had no idea what he was saying. But I'm like, oh, yeah, no. Mm, thank you, though. I appreciate it. Um, I love that we had that experience. I've never had that on my, um, I've never had that on my, my mother's side um, or my, my part of the family. It, this was from, you know, my husband's people. My, my people have Native American in them. And so we're kind of all jumbled. We're, we're a little bit of a jambalaya. So we got some white and some Native American. Like, so it's kind of hard for us to figure out where we are. But when you see my husband's people, you're like, I know exactly where you came from. So it was such a beautiful thing. But anyway, we'll get so we've digressed from um, our Christmas vegan plant-based meals, however you decide to describe it or do it. Um, we are definitely about a healthier lifestyle and um, going into the holiday season. We've learned a lot from COVID. Also, we've learned from COVID, right? So I started a garden, which yeah. way to get out, um, make sure I was getting out, getting plenty of sun. Yeah. And, um, also, there was just this awareness of, I had no idea where my food was coming from, how it was grown, the quality of my food. Mm-hmm. And so once I started that journey, it made me so much... It, it made me want to know more. It, it, it really highlighted the disconnect of where in the world yeah. is food coming from. Yeah. And, um, so that was, that was really good, you know, and then also just in 2020, just being more, um, I think all of us can talk about the COVID pounds, right? The COVID wave is real. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to juice detox. I'm not even calling it a detox. I'm just calling it a juice refresher. Yes, the COVID rate weight is real. Um, COVID-15, I think I'm going to call it the co- lose your COVID-15 pounds. Oh, that's good. That's good. The COVID-15, that's real. Mine might be the COVID-30. <laughs> well, it is not 30. It is not. I've seen you. It is not 30. I'm not even going to let you do yourself like that. No, ma'am. COVID-30, because I heard a lot of baking <laughs> during this COVID season. I was testing out a lot of sweet recipes, let me tell you. Yeah, you can talk about sweets in your raspberry tart. That is, that's yes, nice. yes. And, um, oh, my God, and I was killing some banana bread and Oh my God, I like, it was just crazy. Blueberry, I was making blueberry bread and banana bread and raspberry tart and peach tarts. And it just got like, unreal. Man, I, I can't wait. So what are your like, hmm? what are you gonna make for the holidays?